Hello, my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Zen Parenting Radio. We are going to talk about sticks and stones may break my bones, but oh. names will... Words will never hurt uh, me. Words will never... I think it's names. No, because it's about words oh. that they won't hurt us, right? Words of names. N- nay. <laughs> okay. Sticks and stones may, may break, break my, my bones, bones, but words, words will, will never ne- hurt me. Well, I think I say names just because maybe somebody's calling them a name. Right. It, so you're not wrong so in that's like a, the content. So that's a, like a segue right. of it. But sometimes people just use words and they're not actually calling you a name, but they're saying a, a word that hurts your feelings. Right. Um, and and name, you know, names are words. Yes, words are names. Um, and then the worry box, yes. which is a really good idea that you had on your last retreat that you just finished up. Yep. It's not something you created, but it's something that you heard about and passed along. Yeah, and you know, it's called a lot of different names, and God so we'll box. talk about that. Right, like the way we used it was a little different than a lot of people do. Um, the syrup episode. Yep. We had a syrup incident in our household last week. Cameron got mad at me. Cameron got mad at you because you didn't buy syrup. Quick enough. How dare you? I know. How Dare you? I know. I'm still trying to work that one through. Um. So, and then I want to talk about the whole wake up thing, but maybe we'll save that. What is the whole wake up thing? That's right. More info. We'll tell about it later. Do you want? Well, wait a second. You want to talk about what this show is about? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Because we're just parenting radio. Okay. So here's the thing. Todd has has struggling because he sees people. I saw some friends at my high school re- uh, wrestling high school reunion this weekend, and they asked me about some parenting radio, and I didn't. Did have you guys wear your ones? Our singlets. Your singlets. Yes, we did. It was very <laughs> awkward. We're the only ones at the bar wearing our singlets. And they were too tight from That's high school. Right. What what weight did you wrestle again? I wrestled one nineteen. One nineteen. That's, that's right. That's crazy. That's right. Okay. Anyway, so he... so I need a an elevator speech, and I don't have it. And I feel like an idiot because I've been doing this for two and a half years, and I still don't have it. So we, you and I, went back and forth about what is this show about. And that's the definition of an elevator speech is when someone says, "Hey, Kathy and Todd, what's your show about?" A quick response one sentence or two sentences to explain it and i was getting on todd's case because a lot of times he'll say to people oh it's just kathy and i you know discussing parenting having a conversation and i kind of get on his case about that because that's not really what this is i mean it's so much more that's a part you're right we're discussing parenting but if someone i could hear someone say well you know Mm -hmm. big deal where if, if you're like you know, Kathy and I talk about conscious living or, you know, we talk about um, self-aware parenting or we talk about making parenting more fun. You know, it's like the language that actually gets somebody invested in listening. Well, and you said conscious living and then I said conscious being and you didn't like that Well, one. I thought those words were somewhat synonymous. I don't think they literally are, right. but they to me mean the same thing. If you're conscious, then you're being. You mm. are being present for what's happening. And I think we're trying to help ourselves and each other wake up. Wake up. Wake, wake up, up to everything up. that is good. Yeah. This is the opposite of the 10 o'clock news. Yes. Right? Maybe we'll be that. We'll be the opposite. What's your show about? The opposite of the 10 o'clock news. And here's something interesting. Waking up to the opposite of the 10 o'clock news doesn't mean the 10 o'clock news isn't happening. It just means where you're going to focus your attention. And we, you know, people, well, they'll say, bah, you're not a realist or, you know, you're... Get your head out of get the out your head out. And the truth is, is both are happening at the same time. Right. So you and I are going to talk, I'm going to, um, we we're going to talk about this more deeply, but I want to write a blog about this. Right. And we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it next, next week. week. Okay. But the, the gist of it is, is that you always have a choice. And that's the thing that people don't understand is they get dragged by, dragged down by the minutia of the day and allow that to be their their reality rather than making a choice for something greater. 
Um, I want to talk about our first partner, uh, Helping Hands Made Services. This is an easy way to give yourself an extra few hours. We're all crunched for time. Call up Helping Hands, and they will give you a good deal if you mention Zen Parenting Radio. They're at helpinghandsmadeservices.com, 630-530-1324. As clean as can be at home and at work. Yes. So they do offices too. So help us by helping our partner or supporting our partner. Lovely. All right, sticks and stones. What's the deal? Well, we were with Manisha we this were, weekend. So this weekend, my friend was saying that she she's like she's like I have a question for you. She's like my daughter asked, um, or asked me a question about um, words about someone said something to her that was that was inappropriate or hurt her feelings, and so my friend's response back to her was you know kind of the whole the whole sticks and stones response like oh they're words words schmerds don't let words bother you they're not a big deal and you know as we said at the beginning I don't think Manisha really said sticks and stones to her but it comes from that idea sticks and stones may break your bones but words will never hurt you but her daughter's response back was well actually mom those words did hurt my feelings and I don't I mean in a roundabout way she didn't say it so adult but she's like I don't agree with you Mm -hmm. so my friend was asking me what do you think about that and my response back to her is that both are true at at the I'm gonna cough hold on okay Pause for the cough. Talk. I have to take a drink. Well, I don't say sticks and stones very often, but I think I used to say it. Well, I don't know. And the thing is, is it's not that it's untrue, and it's not even really that outdated, even though we've been saying that forever. But the thing that people miss is they want an absolute answer that's true all the time. Manisha wanted you to say sticks and stones is a good way to handle a situation like that, or your other extreme, which was you know, validate their feelings and it did hurt. Well, and I don't think it's just about sticks and stones. I think every parent is like, what do I do? What do I say? What's the right answer? And what we have to understand as parents is that we are not teaching our children absolutes. We are teaching them how to be fluid. Mm -hmm. And our definition of fluid is how to understand something from multiple perspectives. That while words are just words, they can also be very powerful and they can hurt people. So let me just play both sides here. Sticks and stones is true, meaning words can never hurt you, because you have to make a decision if you are going to integrate that word. You have to give them permission to hurt your feelings. You have to give them permission to to take that word. It, let me even back up further. When someone says something negative to you, you are going to be affected by it. Right. The initial response is, ouch, or yikes, or wow. Or or getting mad. Yes, you cannot be protected from an emotional response to something unless you choose to numb out your life. Right. If you choose to numb out and say, oh, nothing affects me, nothing bothers me, you're not conscious. You're not here. You have put up such big walls and such big defenses that you don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. And as we have talked about on the show, when you make that choice, you don't feel the negative, you don't feel the positive. Mm -hmm. So when someone does hurl a word at you that is negative or, or painful, you do feel it initially. The big question is, after that, are you going to take it in and integrate it and make it truth and be, and allow that to become your way of being and then allow that to be why you don't like this person and then allow this to be your big story about why life is hard and how I suck at this and how this person sucks? You could integrate that word and make it everything. Mm-hmm. Or you, you feel it, it hits you, it hurts, and you choose to let it go. Mm-hmm. And you may let it go in two seconds, two minutes, five, you know, an hour or two weeks, but you can let it go. Um, I'm, I don't know if these two words are the same, but I'm thinking of response and reaction. Exactly. So like, we have a stimulus, somebody called me a bad name, yeah. or somebody hurt my feelings. You can't help yourself instinctually than to react in that second that wow that really Ooh, that was a big word right yeah 
So, but I think what what you're trying to get at is you need to create, try to create some space in between that stimulus mm-hmm. and how you choose to take on that information. How you use that word from then on, and I don't mean use it verbally. I mean, is that the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, like the thing that we say to the girls or we say to each other is if someone says to you, you're a bad mom, mm-hmm. we have this, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, th- that, that response of, oh my gosh, they're an awful person for saying it. That's the worst. I can't believe they said that. And we get so hurt. But if you were to look at someone and say, we always say you're blue. What's a better one? You're green? You are, um, yes, you're green. <laughs> but someone could be green because they're nauseous. Right. So that's how true. about your orange? Okay. But they could be orange if they eat too many carrots. Yes, that's true. People okay. do get orange yes, when they eat too many they carrots. they do. You know who did that? Uh, Lori Partridge from the Partridge family. She went on an all-carrot diet. In and, real life or in the show? Yeah, in real life. I I think I read the autobiography or something. Mm. I don't you know are why. what you eat. You are, yes, and you become orange. She so became a carrot. I'm just going to go back to blue. Okay. If I look at Todd or look at a mom and say, you know what? You're blue. Uh, your whole body is blue. You're going to go, uh, no, no, it's, it's not. not. Right. And you're not going to be offended by it because you, it's not true mm-hmm. and you don't believe it's true. Mm-hmm. So you let it bounce right off you. Yeah, like it doesn't really affect you that much because it's simply not true. But what if you said to me, you're stupid? That can be painful because... Because maybe there's a part of me that thinks that I am stupid. There's a part of you that may believe that. There's a part of you that is concerned about what other people think and what they may tell other people. And yes, everyone... Here's the thing, Todd, is once you're our age, you at some point in your life have been called stupid Mm -hmm. or you at some point felt stupid or you have at some point had an experience where you didn't do do something that we would deem stupid. I say stupid is, stupid does, Mrs. Blue. Exactly. Forrest got it. But I know, we were talking about what a great guy Forrest Gump is. I kind of wish he was someone who lived by us and he could hang out with us. Well, we're going to tape it on TNT so like the swearing and stuff is cut out and show it to JC. But there's some sexual content in that movie. I know, but if it's on TNT, we'll... They'll, you know, it'll nip it in the bud okay. a little bit. Well, anyway, that's my second favorite movie. I love I that know. movie. Okay, so point is, is that... I'm blue and stupid. You're blue. <laughs> that's the point. Point is, is that we have to understand why we take words in. And not only that, let's take this a step further. Some people will say something like, oh, um, you know, that was pretty good. And then the person, because of their own insecurities, will be like, oh my gosh, she only said it was pretty good. Right. What's her problem? She said it was pretty good instead of really good. So we can't even hear compliments or kind words because we're so wrapped up in what we what people are saying or or doing or how they're not doing enough or saying enough and that's all our stuff that's our own insecurities and so we have to have the understanding that um and i want to bring this back to kids after we're on adults do you want to go go back to kids okay yeah let's because um in this situation, uh, Manisha's daughter is seven. She's just turned eight. So it's it's hard enough as adults, but for kids, that's a very confusing thing. Okay, so let's bring it back to children and and focus on the fact that that what we started with sticks and stones, and the fact that words are powerful are both true simultaneously. And they're opposites. And they feel like opposites. They seem like opposites, but. You know, and then it was funny because then her husband said, but kids that age, they have a hard time. They're very black and white. They're not very abstract. And I agree with him as far as child development. But I think it's part of our job to start discussing that 
at an early age that they may not fully grasp it yet or fully comprehend it, but that doesn't mean we don't start pointing out the paradox of life. Mm -hmm. The fact that someone can be light and dark. And what I mean by light and dark is that someone can be a wonderful person and very kind, but still do mean things every once in a Mm -hmm. while. And that person isn't all nice or all mean. They are human. And it's the same thing with words. Words, you can let them go and, and, you know, what am I doing? Because I numb out. I mean, I'm not as good at it anymore, and I say good not even in in the best way of using it. But if I I have in the past have had habits of completely detaching without even letting them into my psyche. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that isn't necessarily the best thing either. You almost shake it off too early. Yes. You don't even you don't even allow it to penetrate at like, all. Like I'd be like, well, that's the way it is, and right. I would just move on to the next thing and, and not even deal with it. Well, or... it depends on what it is because you do get very upset when you disappoint people. Mm-hmm. So if someone, if I were to use the word, if I were to come and say to you, I'm very disappointed, mm-hmm. you would have an extreme reaction sure. to that. Yeah, there's just certain things that might that trigger happen you. that right. trigger me and other things that don't, just like the rest of us. And here's another piece of this that we have to explain to our kids that's difficult and and why this is important to talk about is it's difficult thing to explain to your children if you don't get it yourself right okay so is the fact that sometimes when someone's telling you something that we may deem as negative we have to be open-minded enough to take a good look at ourselves and say is that true right not just brush it off and say oh forget them but is that true like there there are times in life where someone reflects back to us what we're doing that may not be either in our best interest or in the best interest of the world. Mm-hmm. You may be, you know, you know, someone may say, um, you know, well, you know, when you say those things, you hurt my feelings. And we'd say back, well, we're just kidding. We're just joking around. And the person will say, but you hurt my feelings. And then we have to stop and say, okay, I'm joking around, but I'm affecting people in a way where they get upset. Mm-hmm. So is that really what I want to do? So sometimes we have to be open enough to hear it. Right before we push it away right. to take you it in. You gotta take it in first. You gotta take it in and be like, is that something I need? Now if someone if someone's just saying coming to you and saying you're a jerk, you're mean, you're ugly, okay, that's just a bunch of that's a, that's subjective, their, that's their cruel, right. trying to hurt you, trying to get a rise out of you, and you can learn to shake that off and let it go. But there there is such a thing as constructive mm-hmm. criticism. Mm-hmm. It being um delivered in a way that you can hear it is right. always a challenge. Right. Um, but I do believe in if someone says something, you know, and we, we talk about it on the show a lot when some people say to us, you do this or you shouldn't do this or do more of this, we'll always have a discussion about mm-hmm. it first. Like, do we do that? Right. And even if they are right and we can say, okay, you're right, do we want to change anything? Right. You know, those are the questions we kind of ask each other. Well, and I feel like you're saying, um, you know, just to bring it back to the initial discussion, words are extremely powerful. They are. While at the same time, words can be completely meaningless right all at the same all at the same time paradox and that's tricky it is it's the same thing you know the first show we ever did is parents are so busy and they're so overwhelmed and they just are have so much stress and so much going on and our advice was take time out for yourself to take care of yourself right that's a total paradox right i'm busy i'm overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and at the same time you need to take more time to take care of yourself because that will you know help you in the long run so my point in saying that is that paradox is everywhere that is you know light and dark up and down you know all these things are are so your advice would be to embrace the paradox embrace the contradictions of situations 
you know, all that stuff. And help our children understand that. And again, you have to do it in a child-appropriate way, meaning if one of my girls were to come to me and say, you know, this person said this, this, these words hurt my feelings, you know, what did they say to you? And then we talk about those words. Do you think that's true? No, and we say that to the girls a lot. Whenever mm-hmm. the girls come home and say, so-and-so said, um, we'll just use jerk. So-and-so said, I'm a jerk. I'll say, are you a jerk? And mm-hmm. they'll say, no. I'll mm-hmm. say, then let it go. Right. It's just a word. Right. But I also want my children to understand that when they use words, they can affect people. Right. And when, when one of them says, oh, I hate doing this, my first reaction is I put up my hand and I say, strong word. Mm-hmm. That's a really strong word. Mm-hmm. Can you choose another one? Because not that we don't say we don't allow hate in our house, that, that word. Um, but at the same time, you've got to be thoughtful of your choices. Well, what I was going to say is that there's a teachable moment in there in that you can say, well, when... when whatever her name is, said that to you, how did that make you feel? It made me feel bad. You say, well, just keep that in mind when how you treat your peers. Yes. There's so much to be learned there. Right. It's a really rich learning experience. And when your children come to you, instead of looking for the absolute final answer, you've got to understand that every discussion with our children is an ongoing discussion. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that you... There are some things you can say that are, you know, you cut yourself, put a Band-Aid on it. You know, there's things things that are absolute, but when it comes to communication and, and understanding people and relating to yourself and relating to the world, it's an ongoing discussion. Well, and, um, in that situation where if, you're, if your son or daughter who's in grade school or whatever gets, you know, comes home and got their feelings hurt with whatever it is, um, I think that we, a lot of us, go into problem-solving mode, yes. having to fix-it mode, and instead try to shift that a little bit and say, how did that make you feel? Yes. You know, that type of stuff instead of, oh, well, they're... They don't know what they're talking about. They're a jerk. You know, there's a lot of very quick ways of handling it, which isn't necessarily the best way. And to why do we do that? Why do we have this quick we way? we feel uncomfortable. We feel uncomfortable and we want it taken care of, done, over, not spoken about. Right. Because we love our children. Right. And it hurts too much to hear that somebody else called them a jerk. Mm-hmm. So we try and just stamp it out immediately. Oh, that didn't mean anything. Sticks and stones. Let it go. Blah, blah, blah. Because we don't want to deal with it and feel it. Right. So a lot of that is our stuff. Right. And what I always say to parents is kind of like the bullying thing where we'll say to our children, oh, if someone is mean to someone, you go in there and you stick up for them. Mm-hmm. And I look at parents and say, do you do that? Right. Do you go into situations and see someone being quote unquote bullied or not treated nicely and go in there and do something? If you do, then you are in your integrity to right. teach your children that. Right. But if you are saying to your children, oh, words, they don't mean anything. And then someone says something to you and you get all offended by yeah. it. You are not That's practicing what you preach. That's walking the walk and talking the talk. Exactly. And sometimes instead of it allowing that to be some kind of guilt-shame thing, it's just an indicator of how hard that is for your own kid. Right. If someone says something about you and it does affect you, then understand that's exactly how your child is feeling when mm-hmm. someone calls them a jerk or says that they don't color in the lines. Mm-hmm. To us, we're like, that's silly. That's no big deal. In their life, it's huge. It's like that one kid, I forget what his name was, but I like to mess around with uh, my kids' friends. You know, I just kind of like, I don't know, push their buttons or whatever. And I called this one kid Ralph, even though I knew his name, name was, was something Mark else, or right. whatever. And he goes, loser. <laughs> <laughs> that was his response to me. And I'm a 40-year-old dude, and this is like an 8-year-old eight, calling me a loser. Right. And I, my insides got pissed. Like, I want to choke this kid. Right. But instead, <laughs> nice. I... Nice. I want to choke this kid. I did. Okay. Uh, but instead, what I did, I said, wow, that really hurt my feelings. Right. Right. Even though I still wanted to choke him. And now, here's something funny. I'm going to pull, pull it back a little more. What if in his family or in his life, the name Ralph 
carries a really negative connotation. What if he has an Uncle Ralph that everybody cannot stand, mm -hmm. that everyone in the family can't stand, or maybe a cartoon that he watches that Ralph is the villain, and you unknowingly come up to him and say, hey, Ralph, mm -hmm. he may think that you're calling him a loser. Right. And not, again, that's a lot of deep thought in a, in a two-second conversation that you're having with a child. But what we have to understand is to broaden our perspective, that we often say, well, I only said this and they shouldn't be upset. We don't know what their right. affiliation with that word is. Well, it's like um, there's another um, friend of JC's that was walking down the street, and I said hello to her. Yeah. And I said, how are you doing? Looks like soccer's going great. And she walked right past me. Yes. And I wanted to choke her, too. Right. And we talked about that when we came home, because this is a little girl that yeah. you know well. Yeah. And But the thought is, and I'm always saying but. In front of her dad. Yeah. Her dad said, and he's like, oh, come on. Don't, don't, don't treat don't Mr. Do Adams that. like that. Right. I'm like, dude, I don't know. Well, but here's the thing. You don't know what's going on with her. She could have just been yelled at. She could have just been tripped. She could feel sick to her stomach. And it doesn't let... I'm not here, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate so much that you're wrong and she's right. I'm just trying to... This is the whole thing of looking at things through a different lens. You can make a choice to say, wow, that girl's a brat. Mm -hmm. Or you can make a choice to say, wow, they're not parenting her right. Mm -hmm. Or wow, you know, this is awful. Or you can say, you know what? I'm I'm sharing my love and she doesn't have it to give right now and I'm going to let that go. Well, and I let it go, but in you that did. moment I sure was pissed. Exactly. And and as we're talking about, right. anytime someone throws negativity at me, right. I always have to process it first. Right. I talk to you about it, I write about it, I pray about it, I meditate about it. I don't just let it bounce off my back, it doesn't. Right. The truth is is that words affect me because I love words. You just said bounce off your back. What is the right terminology? Roll off your roll. back. Roll. Or bounce because boing. Yeah, I know. But people don't say bounce off your back. They really? say roll off your back. Okay. Um, so number two, um, can we move on? Sure. Okay. Our uh, partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, um, we went there last week, didn't we? We did. So listen to this. So Skylar had a huge fall, hurt her head so hard. She was like three feet in the air, <laughs> horizontal boing. to the ground, and came flat on her back and her head. Okay. So it was loud. I didn't see it. Todd did. But the fact that Todd was worried, was I could a, see on his face, I knew I should be worried because he doesn't worry about stuff. It was a bad one. So we picked her up and what we did immediately that second is we drove to Dr. Kelly's office and thankfully she was open and she did some really gentle, it was more like energy work mm -hmm. on her, just kind of, you know kind of making sure that everything yeah. was in the right place. And then um, she just rested and then Skyler was fine. But I just loved that we had a place to go. And which was weird, she threw up a little bit, just like JC did when she was about five years yes. old. And it kind of recalibrated her their systems and then they were fine. Right. And it's interesting because when a kid hits their head and they get a concussion of some kind, even if it's a mini one, the, what they say to look for is falling asleep and throwing up, that those are negative signs. <laughs> but she in our experience, both. they've done both and then they were fine. So yeah. it's hard to tell. I'm not just, giving medical advice, well, FYI. Yes, but it was just nice to be able to have Dr. Kelly, to, yeah. you know, somebody we trust. and Instead of going and sitting in an emergency room for right, three hours, right. it was so anyways, nice. Uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, 6309-418-733. Uh, tell them Zen Parenting sent you. Get a uh, consultation from Dr. Kelly. All right. Um, do we want to talk about the syrup episode? Okay, it's a quickie. I was traveling for work, and I came back uh, late that night, so I didn't get a chance to see the girls before they went to sleep. But I woke up the next morning to see Cameron giving you a guilt trip <laughs> about not buying syrup for her waffles. Right. And that day before was a very busy day for you. You planted flowers and you totally turned the house around and you 
cleaned up. My email got hacked, so you I had to be on the phone on your for email. three hours. And then work, and then be with the kids. It was just a long, long day. brutal day And you weren't you. here, so it made And it I hard. wasn't there. And she could have cared less about all that stuff. <laughs> and she was just very mad that you didn't buy syrup. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what was your reaction? Well, my initial reaction, because I woke up and I was not, I was tired and blah, blah, is she said, she came in and she said, you didn't buy syrup. And so my first response, I had to close my eyes and I got down to my knees and I said, because I know that me being, me rationalizing with her doesn't mean anything. Well, I don't know her. how much you remember, but I actually interrupted because it, I hadn't seen her. So she came over and gave and me that a helped. hug. So, and so that, let gave, me, that gave you that space. So let me back up. So my initial reaction, like I said, is I closed my eyes, I got down to my knee and I said, Cameron, there were so many things going on yesterday. That wasn't even on my list. Like it literally, and I was being honest with her. I had never even written down by syrup. And I was kind of explaining to her. And then like Todd said, Todd said, Cameron, here I am. Blah, blah, blah. And she ran over. So it gave me a breather yeah, yeah, where a I realized space. that she doesn't care that I had got my email hacked. Mm-hmm. And that's not and that's not because she's not a nice person. It's just because it doesn't mean anything in her life. Right. What, what's meaningful in her life is, is syrup. syrup on her waffles. <laughs> so then she came back. And then I said, you know what, honey? It really wasn't on my list. And we'll get it done today. But this morning, you're going to have to have cereal. And I didn't really go into the big apology, I don't think. I didn't apologize, did I? No, I don't remember. I don't think you had any need. No, and I don't think I had any need to either, but I just want to make sure I'm so speaking what, this no, authentically. No, what happened was she was still upset. Upset. And she came, and we usually eat... Um, at the counter. At the counter, and she got her cereal, she got her bowl, she got her milk, and she came over to the table right. by herself, which she never does, and she was feeling sorry for yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah, she That's, was feeling sorry you know, for herself. You know, God... You know, what's the the end of the world is going to happen because there's no syrup in the <laughs> fridge. But we just let her be mad. Well, and it's interesting because when I came downstairs, I saw her sitting there and I said, Hey, what are you doing over here? And she said, um, Skylar's smacking or something. She made up a story. I yeah, think. I don't think. I think she just didn't want to be around anybody and she wanted to just feel sorry for herself. And I think. That's exactly what she did. But when she was done, she was fine. Well, and we didn't bug her. I said, okay. And I went back to the kitchen. I mean, there's no need to like... Give her that space. Yeah. Kind of like how you needed a little right. bit of space. And the the piece that's important there is like um, we were just saying is I really didn't feel bad about not getting syrup. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that that somehow makes me a bad mom or that I didn't follow through. Sometimes we do drop the ball on our kids and we have to apologize and take responsibility but that wasn't even something that needed to be done that right. was just something she wanted and thought she did, <laughs> felt entitled to priority list. exactly and so the thing is is i don't need to shame her for that mm-hmm. but i'm also not going to carry any emotion about that right. so that's the separation pieces you sit out here that's fine i didn't you know she did it on her own and then when she came back she had resolved it herself right yes so, our kids are resilient well and i think um sometimes we I, it would have been easy for me to say, get your butt back to the counter and eat breakfast with your sisters. And, you know, but she just needed a little bit of space. And so let's talk about that. Why would a parent do that? Why would you do that? What's the motivation behind that? The motivation is, if I'm going to put my ego hat on, it is quit feeling sorry for yourself, right. kid. Get your butt back there. This ain't, you know. Did you just use ain't? This is not, um, you know. Just because you're wishing something doesn't mean you're going to get it fulfilled. Right. This is the real life, and sometimes people get disappointed. Right. So quit feeling sorry for yourself and get over there. Now, and here's my big question to everybody. Could she learn the exact same lesson without the big lecture and anger by separating us not carrying the emotion of it and therefore demonstrating, too bad, mm-hmm. this isn't going to happen, 
doesn't she have the same experience? And again, I'm throwing that out there. You guys all have to contemplate that on your own. But a lot of times, again, we want to resolve it. We want them to feel bad about it. And you know what it goes back to? Nobody did that for me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I had to suck it up. So it's a lot of our stuff. And the thing is, is the bottom line is we're not, quote unquote, giving into it. She's not going to get syrup that way. Well, the bottom line is I would rather have her over here at the kitchen table where I don't have to see her frustrated, feeling sorry for herself. Look, it was actually nicer that she wasn't there. Yeah, she actually made a pretty good choice. She knew she wasn't going to be good company. Yeah, and then she eventually resolved it. So, good. Um, All right, number three. Um, You did a retreat last week. Yes, two weeks. Nice job, last two weeks. Thank you. High five. And thanks for all your good input, too. My pleasure. So, Mm -hmm. and then one of the many ideas you had on the retreat... Um, I don't know. What was the theme that day? So I think it was about uh, switching to glide. It was about, um, you know, letting go or going with the flow going a little more. And the one of the things that um, I have found that works, and I can't, I wish I could attribute this to someone. I know I read about this and I don't know who gave me the idea, so I can't take full ownership, but is to have a box where you write down your worries and you put them in the box. And I've always had one by my meditation place. So what happens is when I sit down to kind of let go or pray or contemplate or just listen to myself, um, if something keeps coming up, I will write it on a piece of paper and put it in the worry box. And the thought behind that is, my thought behind it is, I am writing it out, looking at it, acknowledging it and giving it back to the universe Mm -hmm. or you could use god or whatever word works for you giving it back to wherever it came from Mm -hmm. assuming that it's being taken care of right that the worry is getting me nowhere it doesn't mean that i pretend it's not there it means that i acknowledge it and let go of it Mm -hmm. Um, if there's something i can do then do it but if it's really just one of those what if what if what if it doesn't help me so you had an impromptu family meeting yes with the girls and explained this because we've never really done anything like this for them before. not for the girls so and you know i I don't know how many worries skylar has but jc and cameron are getting older and you know they're their brains are stirring yeah so i'm sure they have more worries now than they did a few years ago so you basically gave this to them and the rest of the family. Well, can I tell an interesting story about that? Sure. Just a few days prior to that, Cameron had found on my shelf in my office this beautiful box that I had in college. It's like this huge box. And she had found it and kind of was like, what is this? They were using it when they were playing museum, remember? Mm-hmm. I do. And I was like, oh, I don't know, whatever. And it's this empty, beautiful box. And then she set it back on my desk. And so when we did this day, this worry box day, mm-hmm. I happened to look and be like, wow, that would be a great worry box because it's so beautiful and mm-hmm. it's nice to open. So isn't that interesting right. how the universe conspires to help you? You know, like all of a sudden there's a box there for you. And so go on. And it was there all along. It was then. there all along. She um, found it. So... I don't know how JC and Skylar felt about it, but Cameron started filling that thing up. So the piece that you didn't say is that we had a family meeting about it, and, and I told them about it and said, let's all use this yeah, worry this box. this is something that we can all do and release your fears or your worries or whatever it is. And, you know, I put something in there and JC and Skylar did, but I think Cameron... Cameron she, and JC both did a ton. Did they? Yeah. They loved the idea. Yeah. So if our kids love the idea, maybe your kids will love the idea. And here's something that my friend Lorna said to me about it, which I thought was good, is if you have another word you want to call it, like she calls it the God box, right. it's so that you not only put your concerns in there, but you can also put your gratitudes in mm, there. Nice. Because if it's you're just writing down worry, 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 right. then there you always want to balance. Right. You always want to acknowledge what is working. Now, we do that all the time at dinner, mm. where we go around and we talk about gratitude. So right. I feel like... Like they have that in their life 
Um, it's but nice to be able to write it down. It though. is nice to write it down where you acknowledge. So you can also have a worry box and a gratitude box, or you can just call it a God box or a universe box or a love box. Use what oh, word and then means. An, an to... important detail is that you're not allowed to read pull... them. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, so it's not. Yeah, it's not. They can write anything they want down, yeah. and we won't know about it. Right. It's kind of like when. Forrest Gump's son wrote a note to his dead mom, Jenny, mm-hmm. and he just put that note right by her grave, yeah. and he never read it. He acknowledged his wishes. They, it wasn't for him. Yeah. And he was trusting him with the, you know, saying, I trust you, Dad. This isn't for you, but will you take care of this for me? I remember seeing that part of the movie the first time. I'm like, God, I would love, would have loved to have read that note. Mm-hmm. And Forrest had the discipline not to do so. For, he's come up twice. He's in the air. Yeah. He is one of the smartest, most connected I'm not, Conscious person. I'm not people. a smart man, but I know what love is, well, Jenny. And you know what that is? That is the definition of what smart is. Mm. Meaning, if if you he learned early on that smart was uh, defined by intellectual ability, and he knew he didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And do you you know you and I have talked about this, but just for those of you that are fans, do you guys realize that in that movie he does not acknowledge his lack of intellectual ability until the very end? It's like you almost think he doesn't know. And then he, and then, well, and there's two parts of the movie that he has that realization. One is when he says, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is, Jenny. Right. And then the second one. Little Forest. Oh, yes. When he says, is he like me? Is he like me? Or is he? And she said he's the smartest one in his class. But it's like, I feel like that's such a huge moment of that movie because you really do, Forrest believes himself to be very able Mm -hmm. and he can do anything and we were talking about the scene when he like uh goes up and fights those guys who are trying to get on jenny when she's being a singer Mm -hmm. with the guitar naked and how he he knows what's right and wrong he doesn't question he doesn't get in his head and say what will people think Mm -hmm. he knows what's right and wrong and that can get him into trouble sometimes but most of the time it served it served him and everybody else so i just think that you guys should rewatch that movie i love that movie gump um, anything else before I move on? So the final thing about the worry box is oh, that... Oh, what do you do with the pa- piece so of paper? So when, and ours is almost full, is what I tell the girls, what's meaningful to me is we put, we have a little fire pit mm-hmm. and we put all the paper in the fire pit. And again, we don't read it because mm-hmm. we've already given it back to the universe. We mm-hmm. don't need to reread it. Right. It's part of the reason why I don't reread my journals. Right. I don't need to go back. I've already dumped it. Right. It's gone. So you put all the pieces of paper in our fire pit and then I throw sage on it because mm-hmm. sage dispels negativity. That's right. an herb. And then you set it on fire and let it go. And so a lot of people think of setting something on fire as being negative. That's not the way I view that. And I learned from some of my teachers about the importance of burning things as a process of, it's it's symbolic of letting go. I think the Native Americans were probably pretty good at that, right? That's who, that's the... where it comes from. Yeah. Everything I've learned is, and sage, mm-hmm. the whole burning with sage, that's a Native American right. custom. And it works for us. Um, I mean, it's wor- I, it works for me. You you haven't minded that. I smudge the house and stuff. And No, I roll with a lot of things you, <laughs> you do that's not necessarily something I would come up with. Right, and obviously I don't come up with it. I learn it. Right. I am taught, and if something, and sometimes people teach me things that don't resonate. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like sometimes people say you have to do this or do this, and that doesn't mean anything to me. Right. But if somebody teaches you something and you have that moment of, oh, that sounds so cool, then you do. That's it. connection right. that resonates. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know where I heard this, but I think it was on Stitcher. But there was a um, study in the Swedish study of pediatrics, and it said. Parent saliva promotes baby's immune system. So in other words, remember the old days 
when we had past fires in our house. Yeah. And it would drop on the ground and yeah. we'd wash it. Yeah. They're saying the parents should suck it and then put it back in the kid's mouth. I used to do that. You did? Well, yeah. I mean, or I... You did not. What do you mean I did not? Why would I say because that? Because you don't if I eat stuff off the floor. I know, but it's so different when it's your baby. So, so Skylar's a baby. She drops her passy on the ground. And you're telling me you would stick that okay. thing in your mouth. Okay, let me rethink. I would sometimes put it in my mouth. But maybe if it had dirt on it, I didn't. Maybe it was like if it was I, food and, and or I, I don't remember either way. I just can't picture you picking something up off the ground yeah, and you're putting probably it right. in your mouth. You know what? I'm just remembering that I would sometimes put it in my mouth, but it could have been for different reasons. Or maybe you you rinsed it first. Yes, and I then rinsed did it. That. You're right. You're right. Okay. But then if you I did that, that, why bother sticking it in your mouth? I don't know, but I did do that. Mm. Maybe it was, I don't know. But what I will say is that when it can with, with the first child and i think this is a point they're trying to make is that you can become really germ phobic oh my gosh which is at their detriment you yeah. really they need to have Germs bacteria and life. stuff um you can become really phobic of that but by the third so that goes along with our idea of paradox in this episode yes germs are good and germs are bad that's beautiful thank you they are germs are what keeps our body healthy mm-hmm. and they're what get our but that gets our body sick the whole life's a paradox man it is I, light and dark just comes to me all the time. Light and dark, light and dark. One big contradiction. That's Sometimes what we the are. worst thing that happens to you becomes the best thing that happens to you. So I'm checking that off the list. Okay. That's off the list. We did that. Okay. You know what we're doing good. now, right? Okay, um, so... We're, we're not doing the 80s songs anymore. We're not doing 80s songs. I'm, I'm Todd and I are tired of it. Not only because we played that game when we were in New Mexico, and so we kind of wore it out, and then we did it for three weeks, and then we've been playing it with other friends. Mm-hmm. So we've gone through all the songs, mm-hmm. or that we don't like. So we're going to do something else. We are going to do something else. Um, we are going to do uh, 80s theme songs. Is that what you just Yeah, said? and we're not even going to make it a competition. No. We're just... Hold on. Don't, don't oh, do sorry. that. So all you you parents, regardless if you're 30 or 50, in between there somewhere, you obviously watch these 80s shows that Todd and I watch. So this was Todd's pick. Yes. Number one. Number one 80s show. Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Hoping to find ritual of a kind Make it a goal, make it go Together, we're gonna find our way You and I, together Alright, it's good enough You know what I have a question about? What? Why do we remember these songs like they're yesterday? But they're I, awesome. I can't remember where like what the capital of certain states are Because we're old well, but why? I remember every word to this. I don't know. And it was I a don't... great show because Ricky Schroeder got it, had an arcade game in his house. He did. He was wealthy, right? And what... I liked his dad. Was he a toy maker? What was his dad? Yeah, he like, I don't know, it was like a big toy store thing. And you know, these were like progressive, or what am I trying to say, kind of ahead of their time because dad wasn't married. No. What was the story? Why was Ricky... He I was think they were a... divorced. But he was in like a little military outfit when he showed up. What's the story? Oh, I don't know. And I know Jason Bateman was also in the show. Okay, and he was my favorite part of that show. He was a he was total a smart Alex. Smart Alex. And it's like Jason Bateman came onto the scene and he was in all the Teen Beat magazines and I had his picture all over the place and everything. And then he disappeared. Mm-hmm. And then Arrested Development came and he had a career again. And by the way, it, just so everybody knows, public service announcement: Arrested Development, the thirteen episodes are going to be on Netflix starting in like two weeks. It's like March 20th or May 26th. Yeah, and so like if any of you were Arrested Development fans, get psyched because... And if you weren't, you got to start you got to start it. with season one because it's one of the best shows around. 
Um, and then promotion. We would love to come to a church group, mom's group. Um, yeah, get so, a bunch of your mom friends together, whatever. Yeah, and Todd and I are going to have some specific topics that we're going to try and focus on for the next couple, you know, three, four months. So we'll post those or talk about those next week, even though we're open-minded to talking about anything. Yeah, we there's a whole bunch of topics on your website, kathycadams.com. Yeah. But if there's something specific, we'd be happy to come and talk to you guys. Especially if it's something we talked about on one of these shows. Right. Um, uh, we love doing our sex ed talk, you mm-hmm. know, with parents, and we love, you know, anything i can't i don't have a favorite and then as far as facebook we like it when you like it but we love, love it, it when, when you, you share, share it. it so and then a few people shared it last week and i'm sending them pens and he really is sending pens i was giving him a hard time saying you're not sending anybody pens and he has these envelopes filled with pens so hopefully they'll make it through the postal system you know i was going to tell regular. you on that one put an extra stamp because no. then you don't yes it's only 40 extra cents or whatever it's not that but now i won't know if it will go by with just one well but then she's not going to get her pen no most resend it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's 40 cents. It's you're like, 40 cents. You're 40 cents. See, that, that word that. didn't hurt me because I know I'm not 40 cents. Yes, you're 50 cent. 50 cent. I don't know that guy. You? Yes, you do. Um, anything else? Um, give us a review. Let's give us a review on iTunes. That's right. And just just have good days. Yeah, be, be good. Be good. Be yeah, good. Be good. Watch Forrest Gump. Yes. Okay. Um, All right. Adios. Adios.